This is episode 424 of The Ziggler Show, and today we have Zig asking us if we respond to life or if we react to life, and he explains the difference, a significant difference. Then he asks, who or what do we allow to control our attitude and therefore our actions? Uh, who do we bequeath power to, or do we retain it for ourselves? Zig cites, you cannot tailor make the situations in life, but you can tailor make the attitudes in advance to fit that situation in life. But at the core of our ability to do so is our own self image. So that's the premise today. We're going to listen to about 11 minutes of Zig, then drill in on a few of these topics. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours. Hi, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, host of The Ziggler Show, where we're here for one reason, to inspire your true performance. We all want to have and achieve certain things. What we have will be dependent upon what we do. Our society voraciously consumes info on what and how to do things so we can have those other things. But to really do the right things, Zig tells us we have to first be the right person. That's what we're discussing in today's show and pretty much all the shows, how to be better, different, so we can do the right things to have what we do truly desire, want, and believe in. Okay, then. So if you're ready for today's show, we're going to dive in. You ready? Three, two, one. Here's Zig. The question I want to start you with today is do you respond to life or do you react to life? The doctors say that respond is positive, react is negative. You get sick, go to the doctor, she gives you a prescription, says see me tomorrow. You walk in the next day, she shakes her head and says, uh-oh, your body is reacting to the medicine that we got to change the prescription. But if she smiles and says, hey, it's working, your body is responding uh, to the treatment, everything's going to be okay, then you get excited. Responding and reacting is going to be enormously important. On January the 23rd, 1981, I was in Kansas City, Missouri. It was my final stop on a long week. I'd all that week been doing four-hour seminars, north, south, east, and west, border to border, coast to coast. And when I do a four-hour seminar, I expend an incredible amount of energy. On this particular day, we were recording. And when you record, you move it up one more notch because you don't have your body to communicate with. It's got to be all voice and voice inflection and excitement and that sort of thing. So I turned it up a notch and I already speak at about 280 words a minute with gust up to about 550. So I had really turned it up. 
At the end of the seminar, we had recorded that day, and uh, our recording gear, this was in 1981, now that's a long time ago, and you had bulky equipment. One of our recording boxes weighed over 140 pounds. My son-in-law, Chad Whitmire, was with me doing the recording. We had a three o'clock flight back to Dallas. We finished straight up and down one o'clock. The airlines had said, hey, you got to be here at least an hour early so we can stow the gear. So the minute I finished, we started assembling all of the gear. We packed up as quickly as was humanly possible. We made the mad dash to the airport, got there straight up and down at two o'clock. When I walked into the airport, there were two long lines of people. We chose what I thought was the uh, shortest line and prepared to wait. Well, I noticed almost immediately that there was a vacant spot down at the counter and there was a sign that said position closed. I also noticed there was an individual, a lady who was walking around behind the counter. Well, I just knew in my own mind that in a matter of minutes, that position closed was about to be turned over to position open, so I got ready. Well, sure enough, the lady walked down, she flipped that sign over, looked at the two long lines of people and said, those of you who have a seat on the three o'clock flight to Dallas, come over here. Well, quick as a flash, I was over there. I mean, I got to the new line before anybody else had even left the old line. The lady smiled at me as pleasant as I've ever been smiled at and said, the three o'clock flight to Dallas has been canceled. (laughs) And I said, fantastic. She looked at me strangely and she said, what do you mean fantastic? I just told you that your flight has been canceled. I said, ma'am, it's very simple. There are only three reasons on earth why anybody would ever cancel a flight to Dallas, Texas. I said, number one, something is wrong with that airplane. Or number two, something is wrong with that person that's going to fly that airplane. Or number three, something is wrong way up there. Now, ma'am, if any one of those three situations exists, I don't want to be up there. I want to be right down here. Fantastic. Now, have you ever noticed that some people can't wait to give you the bad news? Oh, Sally, I hate to tell you this. It just kills me to tell you that they can't wait to get the bad news out. She put her hands on her hips and she said, yeah, but the next flight doesn't leave until 6 Oh, five. I said, fantastic. Well, by now, the other long line of two lines of people over here are looking over at me as if to say, who is that nut that says everything is fantastic? Well, it brought the aid agent to a dead stop. She looked at me and she said, now look, I just told you that you've got a four-hour wait here in the Kansas City airport and you say, fantastic. Now, why on earth would you say a thing like that? I said, ma'am, it's very simple. I'm 54 years old, and in my lifetime, I have never before had an opportunity to spend four hours in the airport in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, I said, do you realize at this precise moment, there are literally tens of millions of people on the face of this earth who not only are cold, but who also are hungry? And though it is awfully cold on the outside, here I am in a marvelously warm building here. There's a nice little coffee shop down the way. Going to go down there, get myself a cup of coffee and relax for a minute. Then I've got some extremely important work I've got to do. Now, here I am in one of the most beautiful buildings in the Kansas City area, four hours of rent-free space, and I am really excited about doing it. (laughs) Now, you might be thinking to yourself, now, Ziegler, 
I've heard about these positive thinkers. But man, that's kind of way out. Now, are you telling me the truth? Are you absolutely sure that's exactly what you said? Scout's honor, that is exactly what I said, and my son-in-law will validate that statement. That's exactly what I said. Okay, okay, you said it. But now tell me the truth, Ziegler. Is that the way you really felt? Why, of course not. I'd been gone all week. I was tired. I wanted to be headed home. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that we absolutely are not going to change in our life. You see, I had a choice there. I didn't know of that lady, but I knew this. She could cancel my flight, but she couldn't cancel my day. You see, I had a choice there. Do I want to respond or do I want to react? I could have reacted sarcastically. I could have said, that's great. That's just great. I've had my seat now for over a month reserved. I've had my ticket for nearly a month. I wanted to know, ma'am, as I drove up here, I could not help but notice there are a whole bunch of your airplanes sitting out there on the runway not doing a cotton-picking thing. Now, how come you can't crank up one of those airplanes and take me on down to Dallas with other folks that want to go to Dallas? I could have done that. And the next flight still leaves at 6.05. I could have jumped up and down, ranted and raved and screamed and stomped my foot, made an absolute idiot out of myself, demanded my rights. I'll sue you. That's what I'll do to you. Hear me? I will sue you for such a dastardly deed that you are pulling here. And the next flight still leaves at 6.05. Now, folks, there are some things you ain't going to change. If you were born white, you're going to stay white. If you were born black, you're going to stay black. You're not going to change one whisper about yesterday. Ah, but tomorrow, that's an entirely different story. And whether you respond to life or whether you react to life really does determine exactly what is going to happen in your life. As I said, that lady could cancel my flight. She could not cancel my day. You know how folks are. You let them cancel a day. And the first thing you know, they'll want to cancel two days and then three days and then four days. And some people, ladies and gentlemen, permit others to cancel a lifetime. I've seen it happen. Do you respond to life or do you react to life? That is an enormously important message we need to understand. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been riding down the freeway, minding your own business? You're neither positive nor negative. You're just kind of riding along down the freeway. And all of a sudden, some idiot, to be kind to him, pulls in front of you. You hit your brakes, you hit your horn all at the same time, and you proceed to give him a piece of your mind. Why don't you watch where you're going, you dummy? I could have hit you, and I could have been killed, and you could have been on deal too. I'll tell you, your life is not safe anymore. I mean, you really read him the ride act. You get down to the office, and what do you do? You tell the first person you meet about these crazy people out there on the freeways, and the second person you meet, and the third person you meet. Must have been drunk or on drugs or something. I mean, your life is not safe anymore. I mean, you really are upset about it. And in the meantime, the man who did the dastardly deed rides merrily along, (laughs) unaware of the fact that you even exist. Yet he is in control of your thinking, which means he's in control of your action. 
He is affecting your relationship with those below you, above you, and around you, which means he literally is in control of your career and you don't even know who he is. It is the ultimate put down. Do you respond or do you react to life? Your self-image is the key to which one of these you do. Are you threatened by every little thing that comes along? Or do you respond to that situation? Several years ago, I went over to the bank out in North Dallas. And uh, as I was pulling out into the flow of traffic, I did it half right. Uh, meaning I looked to the right. Well, as I pulled out into the flow of traffic, all of a sudden I heard the screeching of brakes and the shriek of an extraordinary large uh, uh, big horn and I hit my brakes as quickly as I could. I looked up just in time to see this dude come steaming by in a big old Mercedes. And I'll tell you that look he gave me, if it would kill, there'd been a funeral in Dallas a couple of days later. If it would have melted steel, I would have needed a new automobile. I tell you, I have never seen such a high concentration of ugly in one spot in my life. I mean, when that dude looked at me, he was some more upset. Now, you see, I've got a choice. I could have looked at him and I said, well, why don't you watch where you're going, you dummy? I could have been killed too. Come on back in. We'll talk about this thing. I could have done that. And suppose he had. Suppose he had come back and gotten out and come and whooped up on me. Now, folks, uh, it's kind of funny and yet it's tragically serious. Every day of our life in America, people are killed for less reasons than that. People react instead of respond. Now, I got a choice. Do I respond to what has just happened or do I relax? As he rode past, I looked up at him and I said, Hi! The guy did a double take, you know, and he smiled big. He waved his hand back at me and was probably thinking to himself, Boy, I almost blew it. That must be a friend of mine. <laughs> I believe. I believe, ladies and gentlemen that it is infinitely more important to respond than it is to react. And it is going to play a major role in how you get along with your mate, your children, your boss, your employees, your next-door neighbor, and everybody else. And the key to it is that self-image you have in your life. What is the major point? The major point I want to make is you cannot tailor-make the situations in life. But you can tailor-make the attitude in advance to fit that uh, situation in life. And that attitude, as I said, rests purely on the image, the picture you have of yourself. Now, what does all of this story have to do with your uh, self-image? It has everything. You see, reacting breeds anger. It breeds depression. It brings negativism and bitterness. Responding breeds hope and creativity, and it breeds action. Okay, so before I say one word on further understanding this respond versus react topic, I want to ask your thoughts, literally. I'd like to drill down further into this topic that, that we're going to right now, but I want to with you in a Q&A with Tom Ziegler and discuss things in regards to your specific circumstances. Where's an area in your life you'd like Tom to address this ideal of responding in health instead of reacting in just emotion? 
Uh, so ask about an issue with a circumstance or a relationship or a challenge. Uh, email us right now with that question or that uh, comment to ask at zigshow.com. Ask at zigshow.com. If I get some good questions, uh, I'll get Tom in here with us ASAP and record a show just as soon as I can. And we'll, we'll, we'll insert it in uh, and post it and address you personally on, again, this aspect of what's something in your real world, your life, circumstances, relationships, uh, challenge where you're dealing with uh, responding well and not reacting in emotion. Uh, again, email us at ask at zigshow.com. And hey, just want to say, so grateful that you are using your time to listen to this show. We want to know how we can make it even better. So if you have any thoughts on how we can deliver more value to you, would you send us an email for that as well to feedback at zigshow.com? Feedback at zigshow.com. Okay, let's break down some more of this respond versus react issue into the daily minutiae of our lives. And sometimes, folks, I don't feel like I'm necessarily here to uh, give you information or teach you much, but just to ask some of the questions that I know come into our minds as we're dealing with the realities of our lives. We hear this great message, but it's only as good as our ability to apply it. So let's talk about uh, how we can apply this literally to our lives and benefit from what Zig shares with us. I want to first thank Wealthfront for their support of this episode of The Ziggler Show. Wealthfront is a transparent and affordable financial advisor that can help you invest your hard-earned dollars and reach your financial goals. Wealthfront has combined world-class financial experts and Silicon Valley's best technology talent to build a modern financial services company that allows you to access your account anytime online or through your phone. Wealthfront charges no trading commissions, has a minimum deposit of only 500 bucks, and is free for accounts under $10,000. For accounts larger than $10,000, Wealthfront's fee is only 0.25% of the account size per year. But with this unique URL for Ziggler listeners, you will get $15,000 managed for free. So go to wealthfront.com slash Ziggler. Again, that's wealthfront.com slash Ziggler. They're giving our listeners this special offer of $15,000 of money managed for free. So what Zig is sharing with us here is that to respond, he's defining that as a positive thing. It's, and I looked up literally definitions. It's saying something in essence, unbiased and authentic in reply. To react is a negative connotation and it's responding or behaving in a particular way in response to something. So we're responding in a very affected way. So you can think of this, I think, as being proactive versus reactive. So if a disrespectful person cuts me off in traffic, I can be proactive and respond in a healthy way, or I can be reactive and react accordingly with my emotions, with anger in this case. I could tailgate him, I could give him an unkind gesture, or just rant about it to whoever's in the car to get it off my chest, or just rant to myself out loud, uh, or stew there in anger. However, as Zig says, it's not going to change anything. It happened, guy doesn't care. He's now gone in traffic. I can't do anything other than be there and be healthy uh, or not. So do I take a negative approach and poison myself, which feels right, right? It, sometimes it even feels righteous, like a righteous anger. I mean, that was wrong. You know, I, you want justice or just the sight that that was an injustice and, and lament about humanity. 
but it's not, it's poisoning me. Uh, can I truly just let it go out of care for myself or, or further? Uh, do I care for the people I'm driving to see at my work, at my home with my family? Do I want to give them a spirit of anger and resentment and bitterness and frustration or do I want to go, oh my gosh, as, as Ziegler cites, just say, you know, that person who knows what's happened in their life, uh, Lord be with them and just have love and joy in me that I bring to myself and to others. I mean, that's the choice that we're faced with. And, and I know some people can feel, you could hear this and feel like, you know, that's just not authentic. It's not being real. Um, but as my wife and I teach our kids, feeling angry is not bad or wrong. It's a true, real emotion. And we do need to feel that for a moment. It's okay to feel angered. However, it's not okay to proceed and act in that anger, right? And that's what animals do. My, uh, kids, four of my kids did cross country running races just yesterday. And my oldest son was sprinting uh, a guy in to take second place in their, in the age group. And uh, the kid was literally tried to block him off. And man, my son was upset and he wanted to go give the kid a uh, piece of his mind. He, I mean, he told me that now he's not the kind that would necessarily do that though. He was contemplating it. And, you know, we just talked about, Hey man, it's, you're right. Yeah. What he did was wrong. Maybe we could talk to him later. Um, but, uh, right now, you know, cool off. It's okay. It's over. He did get past him anyways, you know, and, and, but let's just not walk forward and act in that anger. I mean, Zig's attitude that he showcased, I mean, it's not because he was just some uh, ultimate saint. I mean, pretty amazing guy, but it wasn't due to his allegiance to Jesus Christ even, not necessarily. I mean, his faith and character are significant parts of everything that he does in his foundation. But folks, just to be tangible here, I mean, his main message, Zig's main message to us here is how we can be mature and healthfully respond because it benefits us and all those around us, but it starts with us. I mean, his spirit Zig, it's, it stays joyful and doesn't get toxic. I mean, that's good for him, right? His chosen attitude and demeanor also caused millions to trust him, just like you and I do, and it's why we're here listening now. And guess what? It made him a millionaire because we all gave our money to him. Zig was incredibly smart. He knew a big picture that his attitude, it wasn't just a nice thing to do. It wasn't just the right thing to do. It benefited him and it benefited others. I mean, he knows it was very, very smart. And, and for us, we've got to take that on. I mean, the best boxer is not simply the one who hits the hardest and with the most accuracy. It's also the one who knows how to protect himself. Well, Zig knew how to protect himself when so many others put themselves at great risk by just reacting. So let me ask you, as I was thinking about this, how much do you uh, trust people you see who are this reactive? How do you, how much you trust yourself if you're just reactive? Uh, you know, people who respond with defensiveness, anger, complaining, gossip, etc. You may tolerate them, see the good in them, love them. I hope you do. But do you trust them? Would you entrust your money or your kids or anything with them? Probably not. I mean, this is a day-to-day, moment-by-moment decision and action we're talking about here. And we won't achieve it. Uh, responding versus reacting by by simply hearing this show and understanding it going, oh yeah, I got to do that. It's going to necessitate a rewiring little by little over time in our heads and hearts. I mean, it is rising above reacting out of our natural feelings. And that's hard. As Zig cited, of course, he felt 
frustrated in those instances, such as a flight cancellation. He wasn't, he wasn't really happy that it ha- he'd rather it didn't happen, but since it happened and he couldn't change it, he looked for the positives like saying, Hey, I'm glad at least they found whatever was wrong. So we don't go up in the air and then, and then crash. Uh, I mean, to react with negativity to the issue, he had zero percent chance of changing would be him choosing to do harm to his own spirit and to everyone around him and to those who would meet later in the day. Why would any of us ever decide to do that? But we do so often. I mean, just daily. It's just human nature. And we're talking about we have to overcome our fallen human nature. I mean, at the core of this is a question that Zig poses. Who controls our attitude, our joy, faith, hope, optimism? Who has control? Who are we giving that control to? To our boss to dictate how our attitude is, our joy, our hope, our faith, our optimism, our manager, uh, the weather, our spouse, our kids, whether our car is starts or not in the morning, uh, whether it's covered in snow, the, the, the cop, uh, our health, our a sickness. What are we giving control of? Because whoever or whatever we do allow to have control over our attitude also then controls our thinking our relationships, and ultimately controls our actions. Whoever or whatever we are letting have control of our present life, you know, like he talks about that person, that thing probably has no idea. And yet here we are of our own accord deciding to not maybe consciously even, we have to look back and realize, gosh, I never meant to do that. I never meant to give that thing or that person control. But sure enough, that is in essence what I am doing. Man, that is convicting. If you ever been around someone who thinks they're, you know, smart and insightful and even shrewd, and yet they spend so much time complaining about others, blaming them, citing how they've been wronged and feel they're fully in the right to call foul, seek justice, have a right to complain about it. Well, how's it working for them? How do you view them? Do they have joy and hope? Are they succeeding? Are they doing what you want to do in life? Are they emulating what you want to emulate? Or are they giving control of their life outcomes to others and suffering from it, stewing in their own misery and poison? I mean, how smart is that? It's, it's not. And then do you trust them? So much of this, we come down to uh, trust. And I think in, in this case too, trusting ourselves. So, Hey, before, again, this is, this is a deep step. Before I continue, I want to, again, ask your thoughts. I really want to drill down into some specific questions you have for your circumstances, your work, your life, your relationships into a Q and a with Tom Ziegler. If you will send us questions, I will do a Q and a with him on this deep topic, this hard topic as soon as as uh, well, as soon as we've got a, a number of questions and I'll just do it. And honestly, it could take one or two decent questions. Uh, you can be anonymous or not, but discuss your sp- specific circumstances. Email us right now at ask at zigshow.com. Okay. Ask at zigshow.com. Before I hit Zig's last point here, I do want to thank Autodesk for supporting this episode of The Ziggler Show. If you're looking for a professional vector design app, you should take a look at Autodesk Graphic. Graphic is a full-featured app for making icons, illustrations, UI and UX design, and everything else you'd expect in a professional vector design app. Open, edit, and save raster or vector images, layered Photoshop or Illustrator files, CSS, SVG, PDF, and just about any other file format you can think of. You can open an AI file and export it to clean CSS code or a web-ready SVG with just a few clicks. It's available on your Mac 
on your phone, even on your iPad, so you can design without compromise anywhere you go. This iPad app isn't a companion app for the desktop version. It's a fully featured design software the pros use to hand-draw vector illustrations, create gorgeous logos, or mock-up websites on the fly. If you have an iPad Pro and Apple Pencil, it's the vector design app you've been looking for to make your iPad Pro the device you use for design work you normally leave to your desktop. It's the last 2D design app you'll ever need. It's available for the price of a few decent stock photos. So visit graphic.com to learn more about Autodesk Graphic or check it out in the App Store. Again, graphic.com. Zig Next says, you cannot tailor make the situations in life, but you can tailor make the attitudes in advance to fit that situation in life. This comes back to classic Zig. It all depends on our daily habits and strengthening ourselves, programming ourselves to overcome and be able to respond in health, not react in you know, weakness. Not to say emotion is weakness. Again, folks, don't, don't, don't hear me wrong there. It's not that emotion is weakness. Feeling the emotion is health reacting and walking forward in it is not going to lead to the success that we want. And it won't just happen. Again, it's very hard to break our programming and nature. It will take a deposit of rewiring every day, working on who we are being. Folks, this is what was the heart of Zig Ziglar. It's why we have this show here today and you're listening today. It's why there is a such a substantial growth of the Ziglar brand overall because people are realizing over time that as they seek so much information and knowledge and how-to that they voraciously take it in. And yet so often we look back a month later, a year later further, and we haven't done anything because we're missing it. That's what Zig's call out is always going to be. We're missing the core. That's us. Who are we? How do we be? Who do we be? We have to be the right person before we can do the right things so that we can have the things that we desire and believe in. I mean, the big takeaways from today's show is realize that all our effort to figure out what to do so we can do the things necessary to have what we desire are often in vain until we can first be the right person who can daily do the right things or in the moment, especially in that acute moment, do the right things. I mean, who we believe ourselves to be will ultimately decide if we're able to react or respond. And again, to reiterate, Reacting is more out of emotions and it can breed anger and depression and negativism and bitterness. Responding, however, out of strength and health and understanding breeds hope and creativity and ultimately it breeds the right actions. Again, going back to doing the right things. So here is to you and me that today and tomorrow we would have the mindset to respond well to all that happens to us, especially the hard stuff. Thank you again for spending your time here with us at the Ziegler show. Uh, we want to know again, how we can make this show better for you. Please send an email to feedback at zigshow.com If you think there's anything that we can do to make this more valuable to you and others, thank you for tuning into the show and walking with me as we inspire our true performance. Mm-hmm.